Hey friend, welcome to the Planter Podcast, refocus on faith, growth, and lifestyle. This is a podcast that propels both men and women to live their God-given purpose one conversation at a time. I'm your host, Damio Shodi, and I'm so happy that you're here listening to the Planter Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to the Planter Podcast, where we speak about faith, growth, and lifestyle. Today I have another episode with the series Thou Shall Create and I'm bringing one of my most awesome friends in the world, so innovative, and her name is Ronke Otushile. Hello, hi. Um, my name is Ibiranka Otushile, as Dami said earlier. Hi, Dami. Hi. I... <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty young, I think. I'm 23. I'm from New York. Um, I'm currently getting my master's in biomedical sciences, which will help me to um, actually pursue my goal, which is to go to medical school and become a doctor, uh, science stuff. Um, what else do I do? I do cool things like dance and act a lot. Um, and I have a brother and parents and yeah that's really much about me <laughs> you for the introduction <laughs> i said everybody like all right i know her real well now <laughs> but it's cool so i wanted to bring runka on the show because she actually did something really amazing in nigeria uh, that's where we're from um she did a water project and of course she's going to explain so much more about that in detail but basically the whole point of this particular podcast is again to show people that the gifts that God gives you doesn't always have to be shown just inside the church but can also be expressed outside as well so God moving in people don't necessarily just have to be in the choir but can be doing other things as well so please (laughs) Sorry, I'm like stalling too. I'm out here like rubbing my hands like, okay, yeah, what's the next question? Because I'm like stalling my words, but it's cool. All right. So I mentioned the water project, but obviously please go into detail exactly what Mm -hmm. was that about? So um, I want to say that this project was like, it took two years to plan, essentially. Um, It started my junior year of undergrad. I went to Wesleyan University. Go West! Yes, yes. It's in Middletown, Connecticut. Um, I applied for the summer experience grant, and I didn't get it. And I was was like really frustrated because I was like, my project is great. I'm trying to bring clean water to people who need it. But what I realized is that I didn't actually develop the idea. And that's partly because I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I just knew that, oh, I want to bring clean water to people. And it's like, okay, everybody wants to. How are you going to do this? What exactly are you doing? Um, and that's when I tried out again for three different grants. And ooh, ooh, glory be to God, I got all three. Yes. So I was able to um, fund my trip and fund the project. What is this project? Basically, originally I wanted to work in Makoko, which is like a water slum in Lagos, Nigeria, um, where in that water they clean, they 
bathe, they fish, they like they literally do everything in that water. But if you've ever seen it, it is so filthy. So I was like, oh yeah, I'm gonna be this big person. I'm gonna make sure we get all the dirt and all the refuse out of the water. Yeah, that was way too much and way over my head. And after speaking to um, several mentors, they helped me scale it down to something more realistic, um, where basically I wanted to dig boreholes. Boreholes are, um, they're basically a water supply. You dig deep into the ground until you hit a water supply and then you, pressure physics. I don't know that stuff <laughs> basically helps you to bring that water up to this storage container above ground, several feet. And then when you need water, you open it. And when you don't, you close it and the water there is clean. Um, but what, what exactly inspired me to, you know, get them this clean water that's easily accessible Yes, Makoko was definitely on my mind, but something more personal was the fact that every time I did visit Nigeria, I couldn't drink, quote unquote, pure water. So there's something in Nigeria where it's sachet water and the people call it pure water. But in actuality, the water is really not that clean. And it was it was kind of upsetting to me that like everybody, they can go in the deep freezer, they can pull out um, a sachet of water, rip it with their teeth and drink it. And I can't. And I'm like, why? Oh, you're going to get typhoid or, oh, you're going to get some waterborne disease or whatever the case may be. And I was just like, OK, well, that's not, you know, first of all, that's not normal. Um, and it's also not fair to human beings because it is a human being's right, in my opinion, um, that they have clean water. Like people should be able to access clean potable water. So I said, Iberoka, you're going to do something about this. Um, while I was, no, actually before I even went to Nigeria, I did some research and I realized that actually boreholes are not good. And not that they're bad because, oh, they don't actually provide clean water. But what's happening is, because there are so many boreholes in Lagos, Lagos is where I focused on, Lagos, Nigeria, um, it's depleting the water source, the natural water source, uh, clean water source, actually. And if we continue to uh, dig boreholes, that means that, I don't know, in the next maybe five years, max maybe, we'll start to hit salt water from the ocean. And it's way more difficult to clean salt water than it is to access clean water. Um, sorry, clean, fresh water. Um, right now, Lagos is getting their water from Ogun State, which is a neighboring state, which doesn't make sense because, you know, if you're, Lagos, a certain part of it, I want to say is an island like, you know, there should and we have a lot of fresh water sources. So for us to be going to different states just shows that there really is an issue with Lagos and Nigeria altogether providing clean water. We are depleting our um, water bed, our soil bed by digging boreholes. And that basically lowers the, um, I don't want to call it the wrong word that it basically lowers the ground level. And that's why you do see some houses collapsing and things like that. It doesn't mean that, Oh, you know, the architecture, um, and infrastructure in Nigeria are bad. 
which I mean, of course, there are some that are bad, but there are also other factors like the fact that we are depleting our soil and water bed, which is causing, you know, houses and infrastructure to collapse and fail. Um, what else can I say? I worked with the Lagos State Water Corporation and the Lagos State Environmental Protection Agency. They definitely helped me out with my project and made a lot of things a lot clearer to me. Um, basically the science aspect of it. Of course, you know, the humanity part, people usually have down because, you know, we're human beings and you should be able to um, be sympathetic and empathetic to other human beings. Uh, with their help, I was able to provide a water purification system to a local school in Ikeja GRA. It's called Akwebi uh, Secondary School. And yes, that was actually a better um, way for me to provide clean water to school students than to dig a borehole just because I'm not, you know, further destroying the environment, but I'm just using what we already have and I'm trying to make it better. So that was basically my project in short, but really long. <laughs> okay. Dang. That was a lot. Um, <laughs> I appreciate you for sharing that. Um, sure. Like, I don't know what an interesting thing that you just decided to do because I remember like when I was there my grandma's house and I wanted to drink the piawata because I was thirsty and they were like no 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 don't drink it and I'm just like what's wrong with y'all they're like you get sick you get sick and I'm just like looking at them like what y'all talking about but it was funny after sitting down with you um I remember we were in the hotel you really explained to me like yo like this water is dirty <laughs> yeah and, really <laughs> and if you can remember um or well, maybe it was in another place, but um, they actually, near the water bottles they provided, they will let you know that the water is not clean. So they suggest that you use the water bottles that they provide. And if you need more, you can request more. Oh, wow. I was in a hotel. Wow. I did not know that. Yeah. But yes, that is a real thing. Um, you actually just reminded me one day when I was in the lab at the Lagos State Environmental Protection Agency, or LESAPA, um, they were testing different waters from different factories, stores, like literally everywhere. They What they did was they just went to different places and collected water, pure water, bottled water, whatever kind of water. And they were t testing for fecal coliform. That's basically bacteria that eats feces. And if you saw the amount of fecal coliform that was in like, were in these different bottles and sachets of water, you would just be like horrified because people are selling this to civilians. And it's just like, they, this is why they're dying. You know, this, this is why people are getting sick. So that's, it's funny you brought that up. When you saw, I guess, things like that would do, and you were with a scientist, were they just used to things like that? Or what, did they just kind of brush it off like, eh, that's just the way it is? Or was it just like, oh, wow, like we didn't know? Or what? You know what I'm saying? Like, how were the people's yeah. reaction? So the thing is, it's not that um, these people have lost their sense of humanity and they don't care, but they're so used to this nonsense that, like, 
they react as if it's not, I mean, cause it is nothing new. So that's why they're reacting as if it's nothing new, but you don't, you don't really see like the pain and the frustration on their faces like I did. And it's because they've become so frustrated that it's just like, it is what it is at this point, you know? Um, Yes, and one of the general managers at the Lagos State Water Corporation was frustrated because one of like the workers did not want to use the um, specified amount of alum. Alum is uh, a substance, I guess you'd call it, that you put in the water and it's supposed to coagulate all the dirt and impurities so that um, it could be filtered out when the water is going through the filter bed. And, you know, like that seems like something really small, but it's actually a big deal because Lagos as it is does not even provide, um, it cannot even provide water for like more than one third of its populace or up to one third of its populace. Like it's a struggle for Lagos to provide clean water to 33% of Lagosians. And that's a problem. And these workers and these these officials they know that but they've just become so they've become frustrated to the point of I don't even know how to describe it they've just become frustrated to the point of where they just like follow they go with the flow they're like okay is that what they said okay sure we'll do that because clearly me speaking up and trying to do the right thing is not working so if this is the way you want it then this is the way we're going to do it and that's basically what their reactions are. So how did that or did it set back your project? Did you have a lot of problems? Was there things that you wanted to achieve more, but you really couldn't get to because of that type of behavior? Yeah, but not even so much on the part of La Sepa and um, Lagos State Water Corporation. They were very on their game. They, like, helped me out. Um, it was more so with the construction of... Um, the water filtration system because it took way longer than it should have. Um, it, it wasn't a difficult task, but you know, people like to move slowly, and there's also this terrible mentality of, oh, help us manage it. That is the way that most things go in Nigeria. They will um, build something, create something, and give it to you, knowing that it's not like at its optimal best, like it could be better. And they'll just, you know, oh, help us manage it like that. So that was frustrating because the construction of my water filtration system took way too long and I had to become a little belligerent in order for things to get done. Um, but I did get to speak to the students at least. And I like got to lecture about water and water sanitation, um, how to purify it, how to retain it. So that, that was fulfilling to me, at least. Like, I, I, I think that was my favorite part of, um, my whole experience there. But besides like going to the lab and like being with us up and Lagos State Water Corporation and also Eco Logistics, which is another company I worked with, my favorite part was definitely being with the students because, you, you can just see when, like, people want to learn something new because they want to make a change. And I don't know if, like, there was anybody there that all of a sudden uh, an idea sparked when I was lecturing, and now maybe they'll do something in the fields of 
uh, water and environmental protection. But it was very promising to see like how quickly they were able to, they being the students, they were able to grasp um, the content that I was like giving to them and the ideas that they were like giving back to me. It was, it was, that at least was encouraging um, for my whole experience. And that seems pretty amazing um, that you were able to make an impact, yes, on a big scale, but also at a personal level. So what is your long-term goal for the project? Or how do you want your project to impact Nigerians or humanity long-term? So for now, like I said, I'm in school, so I'm not as um, involved with it as I want to be, but I don't want to be a volunteerist. A volunteerist is somebody who goes somewhere for two weeks, they do something and they never turn back. No, I actually, and that was one of the reasons why I actually chose Nigeria because I want to have a personal relationship with the place and what I'm doing. So I do intend to go back and, um, like look at this filtration system. How is it uh, being maintained? Can they maintain it? If not, how can I help raise funds in order to um, keep this filtration system working? You know, that's another thing. Yes, it's nice to build and create things, but if if the people you provided it for cannot maintain it, then what good was it really? Like, you know, I don't want them to have a, a water filter system uh, that works for eight months and that's it. No, I want it to be able to last for a very long time. And when I do have um, more free time upon graduation, I do plan to write more grants um, so that I can have more funds to possibly do it at other local schools in Lagos. And I know that you will do it. I trust and Amen. believe that you in particular, like if you set your mind to do something, you will definitely be about it. So I know that all of us listening are definitely inspired by your story. And then also we do encourage you, please, that when you do have the time, because I know that master's program, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Woo, I know. But no, um, for sure, I know that you will definitely keep up with it. So kudos to you. Thank you. Girl. So next thing that I wanted to ask you was on more of a personal level, did you notice any setbacks that you had to fight through yourself, such as maybe fear or doubt or anything? And if you did have those feelings, how did you push through them to accomplish what you did? I was mainly frustrated the whole time and not even so much because of myself, but because of what I was seeing, when I would go to the different water sites and see how poorly maintained or not maintained at all these sites were, it would literally frustrate me because there was absolutely no reason that a country with so many resources and so much money to be able to maintain um, these things would be failing at such as something so easy as water like literally there was no reason i i walked past certain sites and and water filters and just filled with algae why why is a filter bed 
that is supposed to be providing clean water to human beings, not animals, filled with algae and different kind of flora. Like that is that makes no sense. And that would frustrate me. And it would frustrate me when certain workers didn't want to do as they should be doing because it's not that beneficial to them personally. Like that frustrated me. It frustrated me when uh, NEPA, well, they're not actually called NEPA anymore. It's power holding company or whatever they're called. They're um, the energy providers, the light providers of Nigeria. It would frustrate me when they would take uh, light. So um, they'd have to turn on the generator in order to power their the water um what is what are they called the water tanks like literally they were just so many things frustrating me and i came there i went to nigeria with so much hope i had so much hope and i knew everything that was wrong with it uh, i mean being there just showed me a bit more but i had a very good idea a very great idea of what was wrong but just seeing people's poor work ethic really frustrated me and it almost it didn't but it almost took away my hope and like all of the like all of the passion I, I wouldn't say it took away my passion but like it really was like pounding down on my passion that I had for what I was doing because it, it I I would ask like how why <laughs> literally I would ask why and I have friends who were born in Nigeria um, that probably came abroad for school, um, but they will be going back because like they feel just as passionate as I do um, about different aspects of Nigeria. But they they would they would also be frustrated. Like, how could you get something as simple as water wrong? You know, like I mean, of course we know what the the answer is, but it's just frustrating that money is more important than a human being's well, um, well-being, welfare, you know, and, and things like that really frustrated me, uh, during the summer, the whole summer of 2015, because if it, it, it made my trip that much longer, like, of course I wanted to be there forever, but seeing things like that just made me want to talk to every single politician there is, put them in their place, and then go back to what I was doing. It just it just really like put a damper on my trip. But I do thank God that I have like friends who are like, no, you you can do this. You know, you just gotta remember like God didn't bring you all the way from one continent to another for you to just go back home because you're upset. Okay, what about people who live there every day and like are thirsty or are forced to drink this dirty water and like, you know, are getting diarrhea and whatever the case may be. So that was definitely, I think literally that's the number one thing that I can think of um, as to what upset me while I was there or, or what like got me down or, or almost out of what I was doing. And did you notice that, cause you were like, Oh, that your friends helped you. Um, through that process, was there anything else that you would do? Um, were there possibly even people that you may not have known that encouraged you? Or were you praying a lot more? Were you just, you know what I'm saying? Or just mm. taking more inventory of yourself at that time? Like, all right, Ronke, like, this is what I have to do. This is why I'm here type of thing. So let me see. I um, used to blog 
about my traveling experiences. I should get back into that. <laughs> um, so like I would write something. I didn't post many of my blogs because they were very angry blogs. But like that helped me uh, to release some of my frustration. And I definitely did pray a lot more often because I would ask God like, what's up? Like, what is really good in your country right now? Because I do not understand what is wrong with these people. They are blessed with so many good things, except for good leadership. God, what's up? I know you said that, like, you know, you're not going to come down and do um, what you've already given us the power to do, but I'm a need for you to, you know, like there were literally times where I was just having these conversations with myself. And I also um, had this thing, that I did for the past years, this will be my third year doing it, called the gratitude jar or the happiness jar, where you write one good thing that happened to you that day or that week, depending on how often you write. And um, I would literally find something that made me happy um, in the day and I would write it down and like roll it up so that I could read it at the end of the year. So it was small things like that. And I was also, I think, I don't want to misspeak, but I think I was reading a Bible challenge at that time. Um, I don't know which one it was. Um, so there were just different things that I was doing to keep myself occupied. And of course, you know, working with the students and being at the Water Corporation and the Environmental Protection Agency with like-minded people definitely encouraged me. So that's how I like kept my head up. And that's all practical stuff and real stuff. And I like the idea of the blog. I wish you would have posted the blog, but you still can. <laughs> you know, it's very interesting, um, I think, for anybody to see the real deal of a lot of stuff. Because a lot of people have a lot of hopes of doing something that has been laid on their heart, but they might not know the real deal. And even mm. though it may not have been, quote unquote, so positive, it's real. It's a real story and it's really what's happening. Yeah. And it really gets the people that are really down for the cause to really come out and help. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I would encourage you definitely to put the blog post out or, you know, write about this experience or document it. And when you go back, like, let people know, like, what's really going on. Oh, actually, it's only because you said document. Um, of course, I'll, I'll, I will try to go back and write this blog. But I actually vlogged uh, my Nigeria experience um, this past, what do you call it? This past Christmas. So yeah, I know I'm definitely gonna- I know I'm definitely gonna put it on YouTube and I hope it's as good as like the amount of fun that I had. Dami was in it a lot, by the way. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, you definitely were. Let me tell you guys something. Like Nigeria- it has a place in my heart. You know that my <laughs> phone still won't let go of the um, google.com.ng? It still yeah, will not old... let me go. I said, Nigeria, I've reached home. Come on. <laughs> How about my Uber <laughs> has my Nigerian number still, and I keep putting in my American number, and it's like, no, you can't change it right now. <laughs> you joking? Nigeria doesn't want to let us go. Uh, it held on to me. Me too. I held on to it very tight. I mean, I had the time of my life, but it was just so much fun. And just seeing something so different from what you're used to, oh, man. 
Yeah. It's an eye-opener to things outside of your circle and outside of your bubble. And I always try to encourage people, especially Christians, travel. Like, go out, see something that you're not used to. Like, talk to people that you don't know or a culture that you haven't been accustomed to. It will make you better. Like, it will just open your eyes to a bigger world than what you know and Mm -hmm. a lot more knowledge. I learned a lot. And like you were saying, um, you said that uh, there's so many opportunities to to do something in Nigeria. And it's true. Like, I would be in the car and I'm I'm just like, yo, like, there's so many things to be done in this country. And for all of those that are listening that are maybe not from the U.S. or from a different country, like, look back at your country and see, like, maybe what you can do. Like, I was really brainstorming, like, Lord knows the possibilities or what God could call me to do to service my country, you know? So it was a great experience. Yeah. We're going to be back soon, so you can come along with us, guys. Honestly, <laughs> maybe I'll vlog it next year or this year because I think we're going in December, hopefully. So. Yeah, hopefully, fingers crossed. <laughs> right? <laughs> so, yeah, it was it was an awesome experience, and that's when I really heard about her project, and I was really touched by it because I'm like, this is super interesting, and it's true. How can you get something as wrong as water? I'm just being real. How? How, Sway? Like, when you were telling me, I think I was getting upset with you. I was kind of just like, is this a joke? Yeah. You go better. That's what they've been saying for a long time. It will get better. It will get better. Uh, It's okay, but somebody has to do something. Right, exactly. We can't, like, hope for the next person or the next generation. The change starts with you. It really does. At the end of the day, you can really only change you. And it's so funny because your life is an example for so many people. And other people just may be scared to step out and do something um, different. But they see you do it and you and you know you don't know what that could use the word catapult or start. You mm. know, just you being obedient or you just doing something that you've been purposed to do could really ignite so many other leaders. Like you may have been there just to be that example for so many. So you're mm. totally down for it, you know? And somebody hearing about your story and what you did and are doing this can encourage somebody else too to start something that th- that's been on their heart to start as well, even in a different country or even in their local community. Right. Even in their local community, because sometimes I think we f- we we do this sometimes, especially in the Western world, that we'll service people in other countries, but we won't even service the people that are in our backyard that are suffering right. just the same. But we can f- pay God knows how much money, and I'm not knocking anybody for doing any of that stuff. That's awesome, but. You know, there's help needed everywhere. Right. So just another point. The same. You know, take <laughs> it or leave it. But yeah. Girl, you taught me a lot. It was super interesting. Great. I'm still learning myself. So. Yeah, man. That's what life's Bring about. Bring out along with me. Yeah. Totally. I don't really say that in real life, though. Totally. Totally, man. I don't know where that Do you know? from. Oh, yeah. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> all right so in you doing everything with that project and all the frustrations yet all the joy that you experienced what do you think is a major lesson or lessons you feel god may have tried to teach you on that journey because obviously it was a journey 
and it was yeah. an interruption to your life because <laughs> yeah because the thing is like you live comfortably in america you drinking clean water you do you just graduated like you just living on cloud nine yeah. and then you go there right. and like, i'm gonna help i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do that and then they just stomped on your dreams low-key yeah. not really yeah. but not really because event you did you did accomplish what you set out to accomplish mm-hmm. so in that what do you think was a major lesson that maybe god was trying to teach you um besides being grateful for what i have not that I am, and well, no, we all are inherently ungrateful, but not that I am an ungrateful person. I guess I just didn't realize how much God had given me. There's a difference between like knowing how much God does for you and like actually experiencing how much God does for you. I don't know how to like articulate this properly, but. I know that God does a lot for me because that's book knowledge. And I've, you know, personally experienced that as well, but it wasn't until certain things were taken away from me that I realized, Whoa, I have that. How did I, how did I, how did I skip over that? Like, how did I not know, you know, that God was doing that for me. So it definitely opened my eyes to be grateful for some of the things that I took for granted. And I didn't even know I was taking it for granted. Like I actually thought, oh, I'm being, I don't know, I can't think of an example, but I'm going to pick something that's not really true. But, oh, I didn't even know that, you know, I wasn't thanking God enough that I had clean water or something of this sort. So that was definitely one lesson. And I think that every time I travel, (laughs) God is basically saying, if you don't care, be patient. If you don't care, be more patient. Be even more patient. Because, when I work, I want to see some results. It's not so much instant gratification, but I'm not trying to be working for 15 years before I see the actualization, like the real, before I realize like what it is I've worked for. Um, and I think that's what was so frustrating working in Nigeria because it was almost as if I had to beg for my water filtration system to be built. Like it, it was like, I am giving you money. Please, sir, build it. Go buy the materials and build it. You have more than enough time, and I'm giving you that time. So it was very frustrating to just see how lax, how lax day school people were when it came to working. Um, it was very frustrating when Nepa took light on my birthday. Like, it sounds very, like... Um, childish, me being upset that, oh, I turned, how old did I turn? uh, How old am I? (laughs) It it sounds very childish that, oh, I turned 22 and I was upset that there was no electricity on my birthday. And it's like, are you kidding me? There are people who live for like 40 years and every year on their birthday, there's no light. Why are you complaining? Be patient. Like, just know that Rome, unfortunately, wasn't built in a day. And for some reason, I think that's going to be true for Nigeria as well. Um, I had to be patient with people. I had to be patient with with the process. And it's literally it's it's more so like trust in my timing. God is saying trust in my time and trust in me and and just trust me that everything's going to work together for your good girl. Like, stop worrying. Just 
just be patient, like do your part and let me do the rest. And I think that was definitely a major point. And I think like God has literally been trying to teach me that my whole life where I would just, I I would think, oh yeah, I I got it now. I'm definitely patient. Like I know, um, you know, God, God is going to do this, but he's going to do it in like two minutes. Right. (laughs) Not, not in two months, but two minutes. Right. So, I mean, I've definitely gotten better, but, um, it's still, it's still a lesson that I'm learning every day. But I think that was definitely one of the major lessons I learned because I was just so upset. And I think if I was just more patient with the process and more patient with the people that I was working with, I would have been way less frustrated. So yeah, definitely to be more grateful or not even, no, let me not say to be more grateful, but to pay attention to detail way more. Cause then that way I would like I would be grateful for everything I I have. Um, you're about people say I'm gonna translate it. Of course, um, a child that knows how to think deeply knows how to give thanks. So I just need to think a lot deeper so that I can give adequate thanks. I mean, of course, I can't thank God enough, but at least give him the baseline thanks for what it is that he's doing for me. I just need to realize what it is he's doing for me and to also be more patient because not everything is going to happen, you know, at, um, what is it? The snap of a finger. Is that the saying? (laughs) Yeah, I hear you definitely, especially with patience because last year God really, really dealt with me on patience because I knew from a child, like, or since I was a child, I had no patience. Like, I'm aware. I knew, you know. And it's just so funny how, like, he'll bring people in your life or a group of people or, in your case, an organization, a country, and, (laughs) you know, teach you that lesson. And it's just another beautiful thing about life. Like, life has its twists and turns, but, man, the lessons – and the glory that you can bring to God through just being obedient is amazing. Because yeah. imagine if you said to hell with this, like, I'm not doing this no more, like, right in the middle of it, all the funding and everything that you uh, were able to accumulate, like, it wouldn't have brought as much glory as it has. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I'm so appreciative that, you know, you were able to stick it out. You were able to endure and learn the lessons, especially about gratefulness, because it's true. Uh, I think sometimes we get so caught up in just what, you know, what we lack sometimes. Even what we lack is not really, (laughs) it's not really lacking compared to somebody else. It's just, it's really not, it's really not. Yeah. You know, I know pain is relative and I'll never say that, oh, like, you know, don't complain. Obviously, you know, pain is pain and experience things in life. But it's so important to be grateful because you'll notice all the small little things that God has provided for you. And it'll just make you so much more uh, just full of life that you want to just share it with other people. That's why you were so interested in doing something like this because you're like, I've seen even better. Like, let me, let me show you guys even better. Mm -hmm. Let me even present something that's will really just help you and just make your life even better. So you know, gratefulness is not just, I guess, for us individuals, but it can also be spread out to others as well. In our gratefulness, we're able to assist others and be an example for others and sustain them, really. Mm. Yeah. Sustain them. So I think it was, I think that's pretty interesting. And 
I know everybody that's listening is like, oh, wow, like, she really did that. And I know that there's a people out that are listening to that they may want to do something like this as well. So could you give somebody who's interested in starting something like this, like, what steps would they have to take or how could they go about doing that? Hmm. I guess it depends on, like, what aspect of um my project they want to do because I focused on two different things I focused on teaching and then I focused on also like actually doing um and the reason why I chose teaching not just because oh I like oh I like kids and I want to teach no um I focused on like getting to the younger ones so that from young they know the impact of what's happening to their environment and how they could possibly um, save it. Like, let them start brainstorming from age eight, nine, so that they know, oh, okay, when I do finish drinking pure water, whether or not it's clean, I'm not going to throw it in the gutter and litter. Like, there are actually several aspects of this. So it depends, like, are are we talking water sanitation? Are we talking environmental protection. There's so many aspects of um, this whole water project, as the blanket name um, calls it or says. Uh, But like, realistically, I would just encourage somebody who wants to do exactly what I did to think, put to pen, what is it um, that I want to do. Do I want to provide clean water or do I want to actually clean the water? Do I want to deal with, uh, different corporations, whatever it is, first pen out like your thoughts and then, um, write different grants, like apply for as many grants as possible. People want to give you money to do good things. So if you can use your great writing skills and, Basically ask for money so that you can be able to do um, these different projects. And it doesn't even have to be in an African nation or a South American nation. No, it literally can be in Brownsville, Brooklyn. (laughs) That was the first place that came to mind. But um, it could be in your local neighborhood as long as you're making an impact. And I definitely believe in small projects so that like you make a very great impact rather than like just adding your hand to a big project so it doesn't really seem like you did much um just try and focus on making an impact on the people and that literally will fuel your whole project it literally will make it go way farther than you thought because I didn't think that my project would go as far as it did I didn't think excuse me, that I would get as much support as I did. So basically have your heart in the right place, number one. Uh, number two, have an idea, pen it down, um, put it, uh, pen it out, and also um, apply for money. Yes, apply for grants, apply for scholarships. However, um, definitely money is needed, unfortunately, because you can't, you can't just do it by hand. You definitely need money and you definitely need prayers. Oh, I definitely needed a lot of prayers while I was there. Um, if you, if you're going to another place, you might just, um, I don't know, your body might not react very well to the weather conditions, or you might get bitten up a whole lot by mosquitoes. Just 
prepare yourself mentally for what is to come so that you're not frustrated like I was. So, yeah, that's basically um, I hope that was helpful. But that's how you can go about it, at least from the beginning stages. And after that, really, it's it's your whole it's really just what you want. And it's your idea. I mean, I think it was helpful. Gave clear instruction, just the basis. So there you go. Whoever is interested in doing uh, maybe that particular project or new project, these are the beginning stages that you can do. So, I mean, obviously somebody's going to be interested in being a part mm-hmm. of your project. So how mm-hmm. can somebody be involved with your project? Um email me um okay let's see well honestly it depends on what that person wants to do but they can definitely be my on grounds person that goes and checks out that water filtration system at okbabi uh secondary school in ikeja or they can be that person that monitors i haven't yet started it but monitors that go fund me in order to raise money for more filtration systems um at different public schools in lagos or they can be a very generous donor who gives money so that uh myself and future team can go about implementing this system at different schools and you know Definitely, if you know anybody or have any influence or have background in um, water sanitation, environmental protection, uh, protection, whatever it may be, then to actually work with the um, government on this would also definitely be beneficial because Lagos needs it so badly. Um, it's, it is claimed that by 2021, there might not be any fresh water for Lagosians to drink. So it would be great if there's somebody who, you know, studied this, has a background in it, and also is interested in politics, decides to, you know, step up and do something. You don't have to work with me. You can definitely work on your own and have a greater impact. That would definitely be helpful to Lagos on a larger scale. Sounds interesting. You gave a lot of information. And side note, you don't have to be Nigerian to help oh, yes. out. Um, yep. Anybody can help out. So, but thank you so much for providing that information. Um, I know that was useful. And I will, if you want me to, um, put your email. No problem. Later so people can, if they're interested, they can definitely email you and let you know what they're willing to do. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm here. Yes. Definitely here. Y'all. Oh yeah. You thought I wasn't gonna mention this, but you know you have a YouTube channel. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I <Yeah>. do. <laughs> like, what's the name? What you do? I mean, oh, you're in terrible. a master's program, trying to go to medical school. You out here having water products in a different country, and you a YouTuber. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I guess I am. So, okay, actually, I, I I keep saying recently, but recently, I can't use that word anymore since I started in like August, but I started a YouTube channel and um, my friends have called me a lifestyle vlogger 
me, I don't know what that means. Um, <laughs> uh, but basically, I make videos about anything. I made a video about the word female versus woman, um, what it means to be an IJGB, which is an I just got back for Nigerian expats. So basically, I talk about literally everything. I And I plan to definitely have more videos up more often, very soon, but you know, school. So yeah, check me out. My name is Ibiron Kewutushule. It's definitely my first and last name. That's about it. I, I think Dami's going to spell that for you, right? No? Yeah, I'll should put I that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but... Yeah, wow, thanks, Dami. <laughs> of course. I mean, it's amazing to see, like, different things that people are doing. And it's not that you have to just be focused on one thing. You could have many different passions and interests. So exactly. why not? Yeah. Why not share it? But, my dear, this is the end of the podcast. Man. Oh, I know. Yo, where did that accent come from? Like, my friend tell me tells me all the time that I'm so talented in accents. Maybe I should do that for y'all more often. You, <laughs> you definitely are. Um, I don't want to say that accent that I know you know how to do very well because, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm going to keep that to myself. But you know what I'm talking about. So, I, may, uh, I may not know. There's many different <laughs> ones that I do. <laughs> So, yeah, y'all, this is the end of the podcast. And I want to thank you, Ronka, so much for coming on and sharing everything that you're doing. Thank um, you for having me. No problem. I know that God is definitely going to bless you in your endeavors. Amen. And you as well. Amen. Thank you for that, girl. Appreciate it. You know, I know that, you know, uh, as long as we strive and we trying out here, we just doing what we can do. He gonna do it for us, you know? Hey, Menezos, yeah. <laughs> Claiming that. that. Right? <laughs> Sermon yesterday was overflow. You had that overflow, abundance. She's been repeating that like five times. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you so much. I appreciate it. And I'm sure everybody listening appreciates it too. So once again, guys, thank you for listening to the podcast. Uh, You can listen to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher. If you don't have an iPhone, Uh, you can also listen to it on SoundCloud. And I think I said iTunes, but I'm not sure. But yeah, iTunes. Uh, You can basically find it anywhere and also on the actual blog, theplanter.com. And I will have all that in the description box. And also, if you like the podcast or if you want to hear different topics please leave a review um, on itunes or stitcher or wherever i really appreciate to hear you your feedback or what you guys think about the podcast so i can make more stuff that you